a dude. <laughs> well, it's good to see all the full-time Christians here tonight. <laughs> and you know the best people in the whole world go to church on Sunday nights. Thank the Lord. Whether, whether it's on the parking lot or inside the building. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you got in? Aren't you glad God let us in? Woo! <laughs> thank the Lord. Well, uh, thank you, Brother Hensley, for talking about my jacket here. I, I, uh, it's my high school colors. And uh, it's also... the national champion, LSU Tigers. <laughs> and you know what I thought about all this is going on? We win the national championship and all this takes place. I don't know if I want them to win another one. <laughs> well, whoo, this morning, my. Mm, I left here higher than five Georgia Pines. Whew. And uh, my goodness, y'all y'all acted like y'all been bottled up, <laughs> and it was a whole lot of shaking going on, brother Juco. Woo! And uh, that's why I like to have church. I like participation. I like I like it when a church learns how to participate, and uh, and boy, this this church, you know, every time I preach in this pulpit. I get sweated down. I get I get to sweating. That's because y'all work me like a Missouri mule, but I like it that way. And uh, thank you, brother and sister Hensley, for letting me be a part of this great church. And wow, abundant life is it's just a it's a lot of miracles in, in this church. And in fact, I was thinking about it driving up earlier today, coming up tonight. How this this place, this piece of property had been sitting here all that time while y'all were over there in the in the shed. <laughs> and uh but praise the Lord, this is a when you in God's will, He makes a way. You folks are some great people, and uh, I'm privileged to be able to be here tonight. Thank you so much. And the Lord's gonna bless you. We're going to make it through this whole ordeal, and uh, in fact, we're getting better, and as we'd say in Louisiana, is we're getting more better. Amen. The devil can't stop a Holy Ghost church. I mean, if Brother Rick needed to have church in a telephone booth, we'd have, we'd have done it. It'd have been a little tight. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd have got it done. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad that we still have the political privilege to uh, come to church, to go to the church, the Father's house. Thank the Lord for that. And uh, if the Lord's willing, and uh, we're going to keep on. We're going to keep having those rights. Praise the Lord. Amen. Vote the Bible. Amen. And right, Brother Jerry, we're going to vote the Bible. If you'll vote this Bible, you'll vote right. Thank the Lord. Amen. Hey, thank you for your giving. Thank you for your investment in helping us continue to be on the field. We're missionaries to America. And uh, I guess this is my 43rd year, I think. I get to thinking about it. I get fatigued. <laughs> but time flies, doesn't it? It's so fast. Stay in, stay in, stay in the church. Be faithful. We, rapture could take place tonight. Sister Vicky sung about it a while ago. I'm ready to go. Thank the Lord. All right. Got more notes up here than a PCG songbook. But uh, I want to finish this message. And so if you have your Bibles with you this evening, I'd like you to turn with me. I want to go to the book of Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians tonight. 
Brother Jerry, it's good to see you and your wife, Sister Janice, tonight. Well, you look good in that white tie. If I wore a white tie, it would not stay white. I told you this morning, my subject and the title of the message was the 10 signs of the closing days of grace in America. And that's the ones that I've been talking about. I, I got to four of them, I believe. And uh, I'll go over a synopsis of it in a few moments, but I'd like to go to the book of 2 Thessalonians. You know, and, and I don't say this uh, bragging, I'm not trying to be self-righteous. I didn't need a pandemic to get saved. And you didn't either. We have been living and preaching and teaching and praying about a, such a time as this. Everything that we've done in the past, every, every church service, every anointing, every sermon, every message, every prayer that we've done in the past has prepared the true church for this day and time. This is it. This is what we've been looking for. We didn't know how it was going to come to us. And we never dreamed that it would have been like it is right now. But there's a catch-22, as they say. It's a bittersweet situation that we find the church in tonight. The, the, the sweetness of it. Because I'm ready to go to heaven. I, I, I've got loved ones on the other side. I've been working out my own salvation to make sure that the family circle in heaven never gets broken. My family, the immediate family, is on the other side. So I'm still working. He's still working on me and you. Because that's the sweet part about it is that we want, the, we want the rapture to take place. But then the bitterness of it is the fact that we all have loved ones that are unsaved tonight. I, uh, I was very careful to speak to my grandchildren about this whole thing. It's... You know, I don't know if you know this, and I know all of, our, all of our teenagers and all of your sons and daughters and teenagers and grandchildren. I know, I know sometimes we think they don't know what, <laughs> we think sometimes they don't know what's going on because all they do is a cell, a cell phone and a video. And uh, we think, but I want to tell you, this youth generation has become very conscientious of what's taking place in surrounding their lives tonight. And you and I, mom and grandparents, we have the answer for them. But I've been very cautious because my, all of my grandchildren have been very uh, inquisitive to, to ask me questions about what has taken place in America tonight and, and this, uh, this epidemic and what's taken place. But I've been very careful to not sensationalize this, this sign, sensationalize the, what's happening and the occurrence of what's happening in our country tonight, I've been very careful that, that I, I not build them up into a mind frame of thinking 
of the little boy who cried wolf. Because I don't want them to be disappointed that when this is, when we're down the road, when we're months down the road, like what happened on 911. And so I have encouraged them to be right with Jesus. Not with Papa or Mama. Not with a church, but to be right with Jesus. And to be ready for the rapture of the church. Second Thessalonians chapter. I, I want to go to chapter one for a minute. Verse seven. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. If you're here tonight and you've been troubled, we've all been troubled. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flaming fire, take vengeance on them that know not God. And that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints, to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Skipping down to chapter 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit. See, there's, there's, there's another spirit that's grasped America tonight. And I don't know if you remember me making this statement down through the years that since 911, but something happened on 911. And I believe change took place. And I believe the forces of darkness spewed a spirit greater than ever before over the United States of America. You know, I can't prove this by scripture, I can't prove to you where America's at in scripture. We know of other nations in scripture. We know about Italy, we know about Greece, we know about Israel, we know about the land of Moab, which is Jordan, we know about Egypt. But we cannot, we cannot prove to you where scripture is. So I'm just gonna say to you tonight that I believe this tonight, that the United States of America was placed in God's divine perfect will for a reason. And it was to preach the gospel into all the world. Because I believe the, the nation, the United States of America, no nation has preached the gospel steadfastly as much as the United States of American church, the true church. I thought the other day that, you know, up to this point, up to this time in American history, most of the church in America has preached the true gospel in the pulpits of America. And I believe, I believe as far back as just 45 years ago, whenever Kathy and I got saved, the, I, I, I believe I can say this tonight, that 45 years ago, that 80% of the pulpits in America was still preaching the true gospel and the blood of Jesus Christ. They preached the cross. To where tonight, my statistics, my observation is that maybe perhaps only 20% 
20% of the American pulpit is still preaching about the blood of the lamb and the cross, an empty cross. If you'll think about it for a moment, Russia, communism has taken over, which we know communism took over Russia, China with communism. You have the Far East, uh, uh, Burma, Vietnam, the Far East area, Cambodia, in those areas of the world have been overcome, that have overcome the gospel with Buddhaism. Then you have the Middle East that has now become overcome by Islam and Muslims have taken over, of course, that because that's Ishmael's hometown. That's Ishmael, that's Ishmael. These are not my notes, by the way. Yet, so you, so you have Islam and Muslims have taken over that part of the country. Tonight, Islam has taken over Europe. Europe has become godless, for sure Christless, and is godless tonight. There are beautiful architectural Buildings in Europe, in France, in Paris, in London, and throughout Europe, there, there's buildings, church that used to be a live church, and people used to attend those churches. But tonight, those churches are empty. They are closed down. And even their society, when they walk in front on the sidewalks in front of those buildings, they have no idea what that building was all about. That's how godless they are. I'm going somewhere with this now. Hold on. So now, here we are in America, and I believe America is kind of like this is the last country that Satan wants to destroy and he's working at it very much 24 hours a day. And he's almost, he's almost got the church convinced to preach another Jesus in another spirit and to become another gospel. Almost. And it's almost like it's his last stand, Brother Jim. It's his last stand, and he's working to destroy the church in America now. Because there's three things the devil hates tonight. He, hate, he hates a lot of things, but here's three major things that he hates tonight. He, first of all, he hates the church, always has. But he hates the true church in America tonight. He hates America and he hates Donald Trump. And a young man asked me on Facebook the other day, he said, why do you think that's so? I said, because we are, I said it this way, God placed Donald Trump in the White House because up to this point in American history, he has never voted God off the platform. He is pro-God, pro-Jesus Christ, pro-gospel, pro-Bible, and pro-church. Because my theology, I have never thought that God ever placed no one in the White House like he did this man. And it was a reason. It is Satan's last stand. Paul said this to the church at Thessalonica, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit, by word, nor by letter as from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. So let me, let me get into my signs real quickly tonight. A synopsis of the ones I spoke about this morning, I talked about the first sign 
of the 10 signs of the closing days of grace in America, the first sign was when Jesus' name would become profane. It is no longer respected in the majority of the, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the American people. The second sign was when the Bible would become marginalized. And it seems like to me that there are a group of politicians that do not believe in the word of God. <coughs> the word has become powerless and unimportant and compromised. And now we have those that would love to tailor make the meaning of God's word. The third sign was, would be that I see happening when the church would become irrelevant. And it seems like to me that we've had too many uh, church people uh, uh, have lost the value of why we are the church and why we even have church. The fourth sign that I mentioned uh, was that when marriages would become obsolete. And I mentioned to us this morning that there are two issues in Genesis uh, that violates God's plan and it destroys the family and that is homosexuality and abortion. So it takes us to the fifth sign that I'd like to speak on tonight. And the fifth sign is this. When churchgoers are Christians, would not realize or know that we are in a spiritual warfare tonight. We are in a spiritual battle tonight. And now we can understand Ephesians chapter six, verse number 12, where it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness and against spiritual wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places. I want you to know tonight, church, we need to understand this, that we are now gone beyond the political arena and we are now at war. We are in a battle tonight to make sure that America never goes down. But I believe tonight, if we continue to be a great nation, it will be because of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God we're a part of the church. Thank God we are the church. Thank God there is a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And we're still looking for the Lord to come back for us. Let me give you some statistics for a moment. 28% of ages 23 through 37 attend church. 43% of the age of 37 and higher attend church. Church attendance patterns have changed and America has changed because of it. Church attendance patterns, the reason for church decline, I believe, is the condition of the pulpit the last 20 years, at least the last 20 years. Remember what Jesus said. Remember Jesus said to his disciples on the Mount of Olives when he said this, uh, that men, that, that he said, let no man deceive you and that men would promote false doctrines and teach another Jesus in another spirit and another gospel. That's why I challenge every person tonight within the sounds of my voice that we seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues because it is a supernatural power. It is a supernatural power. It is the power of God that helps us to know what is right and what is wrong. We now have another gospel that does not convict a society to become born again. Because of sowing a Christless seed in the past, the last 20 years, we're now reaping tares in the American church. But what makes the church relevant, Brother Vincent? You may be asking that question. You're asking, what, what, what makes the church relevant to, to our country tonight? Well, first of all, the church has a purpose. And our purpose is to give glory 
to God. Our purpose is to make sure that we enable Jesus to walk into every church service. Why is that? Because Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I got news for the powers of darkness tonight. I've got news for the devil tonight. There's a band of believers on Sunday night live who is faithful to the presence of God and we want him to walk our aisles. We want him to touch us. We want him to convict us. Secondly, the church has a program. <laughs> What's our program? The program is the great commandment. Our program is that we are to love sinners. We are to love people enough to tell them the truth. And we cannot, we cannot, we cannot uh, 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 put a candy-coated uh, system on the word of God. Every person who walks through those doors, we cannot afford to not tell them the truth about eternity. We cannot afford to compromise this book. We've got to tell them that Jesus died for them and they must be born again. The third relevancy, the church's priority. <laughs> and too many churches have lost this one. Too many churches have, have, have compromised the priority. What's our priority, Brother Rod? The priority of the church, the priority of this church is the fact that we still promote the great commission and the great commission is the good news of Jesus Christ we are not going to we're not going to preach fake news just to have a crowd so abundant life you need not let history pass you by you need to make history in people's lives. When church leadership becomes blind and deceived and begins to lower the standards of God, it develops apostasy. We cannot afford to be married to doctrine only and be divorced from deity. What does that mean, Brother Rod? What that means is this. Yes, abundant life has a doctrine that Brother Rick Hensley preaches in this pulpit. Yes, this church has a doctrine that the teachers teach in this pulpit, in their pulpits, in their classrooms. Yes, we have doctrine. In fact, the Bible says God is doctrine. Oh, if, if God said that, then why would you not want doctrine because doctrine is the foundation of the church tonight and so we need to remember this we cannot afford to divorce doctrine and not know deity but if you have Jesus, if you know him as the resurrection power, if you know him as the resurrection Jesus, if you know him who, who rose from the grave on the third day, the fourth watch, then you'll have a desire to live this right. You'll have a desire to be right. You'll have a desire to be a witness. You'll have a desire to be a holy roller. You'll have a desire for the Holy Ghost. You'll have a desire for deity, you'll walk with deity and you will promote deity outside the walls of this church. What you get passion about, you will activate it. So you probably thinking right now, why does he act like that? Because I got saved in a church that knew about and lived the passion of Christ. <laughs> yeah, yes. 
Yeah, they began to teach me. They began to preach to me. They gave us the opportunity to do better for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I didn't know they were Pentecostal. I always joke about it, but God really tricked me. When they invited me to go to that church, that buddy of mine, he invited me to go to that church. I knew it wasn't a Catholic church, but I didn't know what kind of church they were. And that night, I'll never forget, I'll look back at that. When I walked into that building that night, there was only about 80 of them in there, and only seat 125, and they had 80 on Wednesday night. And I look back at that, and you know what I think they did? I think they ratcheted up. I believe they got crazier for Jesus. And they acted like they were having fun. Let's reset that button. Let's reset, yeah, let's reset that. Let's walk into this building happy. Let's walk in this building glad, be, get happy because we're in the house of God. Let's start, let's reset the button and, and reset our attitudes and hearts and think like we're going to Disney World. Because that's exactly what that church developed in Kath and I. We had developed an attitude we never wanted to miss. Because something always took place. And it wasn't just emotionalism or sensationalism. It was eternal. Now let me read this again. What you get passion about, you will activate it. Because I found out I could activate the joy of the Lord in that church because I don't think they would have been too happy at my Catholic church for me to run the aisles and shout and jump up and down. I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I feel. I am moved by what I believe tonight. And I am still persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Being committed to God's house and word educates us and edifies us and equips us for warfare tomorrow. Because what we receive tonight, what we receive tonight, whether it's our weapons of our warfare, whether it's a revelation, whether it's God's word, whether it's a direction, whether a leading, what we receive tonight, it will defeat the enemy tomorrow. Because the Bible does not say tonight that we're more than survivors, Brother Joe. It says we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us and paid the price. The sixth sign, if you want to write it down. I have noticed a slow drift in the wrong direction. Overall, the church, you see, let me say this again, the seed to apostasy is when leadership becomes deceived and blind and lowers the standards of God. I can't say a much, I can't say enough about brother and sister Hensley of the quality shepherds that you have in this church. When spiritual leaders lower the value of the church by tolerance, Jesus said, let no man deceive and beware of false teachers and prophets. Paul said, beware of fake news deliverers. Jude said, beware of those three thieves in that little page of Jude. 
the three thieves in that page, and I wish I could preach on it, but Cain and Balaam and Korah are the three thieves because you'll find that Cain, if you permit a Cain to come in into this sanctuary, into this church, because Cain wants to steal the credibility of the church. What's the credibility of the church? The credibility of the church is that Jesus is still Savior. Jesus, it's through Jesus Christ. Salvation is through the blood of the Lamb. Balaam will steal our accountability because Satan continues to try every day of your life. He wants to steal your accountability and that means this, he wants to make you unfaithful to the activities of the church. And thirdly, Korah will steal our stability and that is a desire for control. Tolerance enables a Nicolaitan spirit Tolerance enables the Nicolaitan spirit and the Nicolaitan doctrine. And that doctrine seeks to adjust or readjust Christianity to the level of the world. It enables a Jezebel spirit to control the church instead of the Holy Ghost leadership. Jezebel doctrines causes and births a paradigm shift instead of a changing of the guard that has like faith. God never uses prima donnas, not for him. Now some churches and some people, some pastors and ministers, they may use a prima donna, but God never uses a prima donna because a prima donna never glorifies Jesus. Jesus said, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be which go in thereat. The church, I believe, in the 21st century has permitted a Jezebel spirit of lust for fake news. We not only have a society, we not only have a percentage of society that desires fake news every morning, every day. We now, and we've had, and it's gotten worse, a watered down gospel. And now their minds have become reprobated and now they believe a lie. A generation knows not God or Jesus Christ or the miracles he still does and performs. We have lost, the majority of the American church has lost the value of church. She's lost the value of our heritage and for sure has lost the value of God's word. The seventh sign. When a Muslim state could intimidate the world, Nine one one birth a change in America. But I'd already prophesied it. Nineteen eighty nine in my home church, as I was preaching. It was a great church, Greensboro Assembly of God Church. We were being surrounded by all walks of life. I mean literally all walks of life. We built this beautiful church on four eighty five Maxi Road in Houston, Texas. And all the world was beginning to become our neighborhood. While I was preaching one night, the Holy Ghost said through me, he said this. He said, you can't, you, you know, you can't blame the whole world wanting to come to America because it's so blessed. Most of them don't know that. They don't know why America's blessed. It's not because of our academia. It's not because of our education. It's not because of our wealth. <laughs> and it's not because of our debt. It's not because of our fashion. It's not because of our cities. It's not because of our landscape. It's not because of oil. 
It's because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you and I have been blessed. He let us in. They don't know that. They didn't know that. But they came. And the Holy Ghost showed me what they're doing, that they were coming with their little gods. And I made this statement and said, but sooner or later, they will become citizens. And through their citizenship, they will change the laws and the foundation of the United States of America. And tonight, we have Muslims in Congress and the Senate who wants to kill us and destroy the gospel of Jesus Christ. 911 became a warning that an ancient repressive nation has intimidated the modern world using threats based in their theology. Islam has slowly become a cancer moving across the world and their final target is the United States of America whose foundation is still the gospel of Jesus Christ. Donald Trump is not a saint. But he perhaps may be a modern day Cyrus encouraging and backing Israel and encouraging the church to continue to be the church. Muslims are now positioning themselves in France, have been Germany, Belgium, Spain, United Kingdom, Poland, and now over 50% of Europe are Muslim. And there is tonight, my friends, a cultural jihad taking place in America. The eighth sign, who would have thought when morality would be a free fall? America tonight has lost her moral compass. You haven't because the true word's been preached in this pulpit. But remember, the majority of the pulpits in America, 80%, I believe, no longer preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. They no longer preach about the blood of the Lamb. Our moral compass seems no longer to have true north. It no longer points to the integrity and God-fearing morals that God placed in America for some over 200 years. Proverbs 9 and 10 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. False doctrines never creates an atmosphere of conviction. Perhaps maybe it shouldn't be this way, but if you notice... Most churches who preach the true gospel of conviction doesn't grow very fast. False worship never creates an atmosphere of conviction. Praise God for the worship in this building. Without Holy Ghost anointing, pulpits, the spirit of an gospel of accommodation begins to camp out and Ichabod takes over those churches. Thyatira, the, the condemnation, if I could call it that way, was the fact that they tolerated Jezebel's spirit. It promotes tolerating the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And the hidden agenda is to form or persuade a society to let issues become normal and accepted. I 
homosexuals, it seems like, have more rights than Christians tonight. It seems like animals have more rights than Christians tonight. And here's a new one. Thieves have more rights than Christians tonight. I don't know how it is in Missouri, but in California, if someone steals an item $650 or less, they're not charged for burglary. They're let go. That's your socialism at work. Let me hurry. False doctrines creates a society with no morals or integrity. And that's what you got tonight in the political world. The ninth sign. When atheists and agnostics would become angry and bold. And because of a political party who voted God off their platform, September 5th, 2012, they formed an animalistic society in our country tonight. And the DNC passed a resolution in San Francisco, hello, August of 2019, criticizing religious liberty and views and discredit Christian values and teachings. And who do you want me to vote for? Who do you want to vote for? And let me just in love talk to good common sense Democrats for a moment. There's no longer a Democratic Party in America. It's no longer. A hostile takeover has taken place. So why don't you vote the Bible? Why don't you stand up for God's word? And the results of voting God off has now reaped evil liberal politicians trying to destroy the foundation and constitution of the United States of America. Takes me to the 10th sign. Last, not least, but perhaps most important, Brother Rick, when America would turn her back on the nation of Israel. Up to this point, the nine signs have addressed my nine signs that I've talked to you tonight about today about. Up to this point, the nine signs have addressed a gradual decline in quality of life in America. America is blessed for two reasons. The gospel of Jesus Christ, and we are still an ally of the nation of Israel. Genesis 12 says this, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curse you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. If evil liberal politicians take over Washington with ungodly policies, with no Christian character, then so goes America, so goes Israel. And let me finish with this. In November of 2016, which I was in St. James, Missouri at First Assembly when this happened, I saw where God had given America four years to repent by this man being elected as president of the United States. A space to repent. 
and I'm just going to say this is my opinion, which means you can take it or leave it. If God is finished with America, then the next presidential election will be tampered through fraud at the ballot boxes and deception, and Donald Trump will be defeated, and the decline of Christianity values will be fulfilled. What we need to do tonight is draw closer to Jesus. And if you're not ready for the rapture, you can get ready tonight. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Lift your hands and love the Lord. Father, we praise you tonight and thankful. We're thankful tonight, God, for the political privilege, the American privilege that you have given abundant life to be able to attend the Father's house tonight. Oh, God. We are troubled tonight, God. We are troubled. But we believe tonight, God, that there's a band of believers in this sanctuary that are true believers, true born-again Christians. They are the true church, empowered by a true Holy Ghost anointing that have a burden for our country and a burden for the church and a burden for our president. And Father, in the days to come, would you continue to remind us and to revive us and to help us reset some areas of our life to give you all the glory. God, help us to never turn back Help us, God, to never look back. Help us, God, to go forward. Wherever he had his battery, eye closed just for a moment. Wherever he had his bow just for a moment, perhaps maybe you're here tonight. Perhaps maybe you're on Facebook and you've stumbled across this preacher preaching. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. This would be a good night to do that, to accept Jesus.